let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. It was March 23, 1960, and the nation of Kenya was in turmoil. Kenyan nationalists were struggling to gain independence from the British Empire, and rural areas had been turned into a battlefield. Soldiers from the Kikuyu tribe were waging guerrilla warfare throughout the countryside, committing random acts of violence. Under cover of night, they would ambush soldiers and civilians alike. In the middle of this violent atmosphere, American missionaries Matt and Laura Higgins were returning to Nairobi from a ministry trip. It was getting late at night as they drove through the heart of the Kikuyu territory. Even though many Kenyans and foreigners had been killed in that very area, Matt and Laura had committed their ways to God. But then, just 17 miles outside of Nairobi, their Land Rover suddenly stopped running. Matt Higgins tried his best to repair the car in the dark, but he could not get it restarted. Here the Higgins were, 17 miles from home, late in the dark of night, stranded in dangerous and hostile territory. With no way out and nowhere to go, they had no choice but to spend the night in the car. But before they slept, they claimed Psalms 4-8. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. By God's grace, they survived the night safely, and in the morning they were able to repair the car and drive home. They knew God had kept them safe, but they were to find out something later that would amaze them. A few weeks later, Matt and Laura left Kenya to return to the U.S. for annual leave. But something strange happened on the night before they left Nairobi. One of their pastors came to say goodbye and told them something that shocked and surprised them. The pastor told them how a member of the Kukuyu tribe had come to him and confessed that he and three others had seen Matt and Laura the night they were stranded in the countryside. He and the three others had intended to kill the two Americans. They crept up to the car, ready to pounce and kill Matt and Laura. But they were stopped when they saw 16 men surrounding the car. The Kukuyu quickly ran away in fear. 16 men, Matt responded. I don't know what you mean. Laura and I were alone that night. Or so they thought. Then a few weeks later, as they visited a church in the USA, a man named Clay Brent asked Matt if they had been in any danger recently. Why do you ask, Matt replied. Then Clay told Matt that on March 23rd, the very night that the Higgins had been stranded in hostile territory, God had placed a heavy burden on his heart. He got up and called men in his church, and 16 men from the church had met together and prayed until the burden lifted. Sixteen men praying in the U.S. at the very same time and the very same day that Matt and Laura Higgins were in danger in Kenya resulted in 16 angel soldiers surrounding the car and keeping them safe. For God answers prayer. And for those who will abide in the arms of the Almighty, no matter how dangerous the world may be, God's protective power is greater. For you see, friends, there is a great and awesome power available when we pray. When we shelter in the Most High, we gain access to a place of safety and protection and refuge. 
God covers those who abide in Christ. That's the exciting truth we're going to discover today in our sermon entitled, The Power of Abiding. But before we learn more, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for the great miracles that you perform on behalf of your people when we abide in you. Thank you that you've given us a refuge in your name and a place of shelter in prayer. Thank you that we can come and dwell in your presence and be protected and kept safe. But best of all, thank you that when we come into your presence and abide in you, you receive glory, we bear fruit, our lives are transformed, and the world is changed. So today, teach us how to abide in Christ. Teach us the power of abiding. We submit to you, we bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that will come to transform us and take us deeper as we abide in you. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment. Join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Truth For Today. I'm blessed to have you join me as we study God's Word together. When you build your life on the Word of God and commit to follow His directives, you are on the road to a blessed and prosperous life. You will fulfill your destiny when you discover truth for today. See, we may not know what will happen in the future, but we know our God is on the throne and we can trust in him. We may not know what will happen in the world, but we know our God is on the throne. We can trust in him. He's our rock, our fortress, our high tower. He's a place of shelter and our place of refuge. And I feel the spirit of God stirring in me. This is the time that he's calling us to abide in Christ. If we will make the Lord our dwelling place, no evil will defeat us. If we make God our habitation, no plague will come near our homes. If we will walk with him every day and live our lives in his presence, then this will be a supernatural time of deliverance and comfort and blessing and destiny for all of us. So just say, abide in Christ. But abiding in Christ isn't just about safety and protection. It's much more than that. It's about drawing close to our God in prayer and worship. It's about hearing his voice and feeling his heartbeat. God has laid on my heart that he's calling all of us to a deeper place. It's time to go deeper. Time to get up on the lap of our Father God in heaven and rest in his embrace. For when we do that, we're sheltered, we're loved, and we're in a place of power. That's what Jesus taught us in John 15, 7 and 8. These verses are our scripture text for today, and they're found at the top of your sermon notes. Your notes are available free of charge from my website and my social media pages, so I invite you to take them out now and follow along with me as we discover three truths about abiding in Christ. Now, our scripture text is on the screen ahead of you. It's at the top of your notes, but I believe God's word has the most impact when it's on our lips and in our hearts. So I'm going to ask every one of us to read these verses out loud together. Are you ready? Let's read it like we mean them. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be 
my disciples. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. What a powerful promise. It's a promise that will sustain you no matter what you may face in life. I don't know every battle you'll face, but I know this promise is the answer. I don't know what temptations will come your way, but I know this promise is the answer. I don't know every need you may have, but this promise is the answer. This is a one-size-fits-all answer to every need. See, not all solutions to problems will work in every situation. If you happen to get sick, God forbid, the doctor will diagnose the sickness so he can prescribe the right medicine. If you have high BP, he'll give you one type of medicine. If you have diabetes, he'll give you a different type of medicine. In the medical world, you have to know the sickness to prescribe the cure. If you get the wrong medicine, it can actually make you sicker than the disease. A medicine that treats cancer may actually make a person with a different disease sick. But in John 15, 7, 8, we find one solution that solves every problem. No matter who you are or what you do or what you need, you can ask what you will and it will be done for you. This is the greatest promise of power we could ask for. Recently, I read a question on the internet that made me ponder. If you could possess one superhero power, which one would you choose? Would you fly like Superman, run like the Flash, or disappear like the Invisible Man? Personally, I would prefer to be Superman, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, able to bend steel in my bare hands. Bullets could not penetrate me. Wow! But then I realized I don't need to be Superman. I don't need the power of a superhero. I possess a superhero power called prayer. It's a power greater than any other power ever known to man. It's a power that meets every needs, solves every problem, and lifts every burden. But in order to access that power, you have to tap into the source of the power. The power at your access is the power of prayer, but it only works when you're connected to the source. And that's our first truth today. Abiding in Christ is the precondition for power. That's why Jesus said, if, if you abide in me, it's impossible to do anything without abiding, remaining, and dwelling in Christ. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus said in verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. See, abiding gives us access, and access to God is access to power. That's the lesson we can learn from a true story of a life of one of the U.S. presidents named Abraham Lincoln. When Abraham Lincoln was president of the United States, many men came to the White House with petitions to seek his help. And they had to follow protocol. They had to book an appointment. They had to pass through security. But one day, Todd, the little son of President Lincoln, came bursting into the room where his father, the president, was meeting with important men. Todd didn't follow protocol, he did not have an appointment, and he did not pass through security. He only brought himself a son of the father, and he jumped up onto the lap of the president, his father. The president embraced him 
and allowed him to remain on his lap. And that's how it is with us. If you have a relationship with God the Father, you can come boldly without protocol, without procedure. You can come running into his presence and embrace him and he will embrace you. But if you don't know him, you'll be forced to use all types of procedures and protocols and preliminaries and rituals. You'll have to pass through a prophet or a man of God hoping he will grant your request. And friends, in that, We understand that prayer is not simply asking for something from God. Prayer is not performing religious rituals to appease God. Prayer is first and foremost communion with your Father in heaven. It's the place where you present yourself to him for fellowship, relationship, and communion. Some people only pray when they're in trouble or have a need. But when you do that, you miss the purpose of prayer. You want results But God wants relationship. Now, don't misunderstand me. God answers cries for help. But the true power of prayer is with those who abide in him and have his words in them, not those who run in and out of his presence anytime they need something. See, friends, there's a difference between acknowledging Christ and abiding in Christ. There's a difference between proclaiming him and partnering with him. There's a difference between casual and committed. That's why Psalms 103.7 says, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Think about the difference there. Moses knew God. He lived in him. He experienced a far greater level of power than any other man on earth at that time. He spoke with God face to face, and God revealed who he was to Moses. The children of Israel were different. They constantly cried out, help! God, do this for us. And God was merciful and delivered them. He answered their prayers so they saw his deeds, but they missed his heart. They knew his power, but not his nature. And that's how it is with many of us. The true power, the sustaining power, the keeping power only comes to those who abide in him, who sit on his lap, who come close to him. To abide in him, you must first of all Be surrendered to him. You have to come to his presence and offer your life in full surrender. And this is where many of us are falling short. We offer God some things, but we haven't offered God everything. Once upon a time, there lived a great king named Ivan. Now, Ivan was a bachelor, and he was looking for a wife. So King Ivan sent his ambassadors into all the kingdoms around in search of the most beautiful woman he could find to marry. The ambassadors came back and told him of a lovely princess in a faraway kingdom that was willing to marry him. But there was only one problem. The kingdom of the princess was a Christian kingdom. And the princess refused to marry King Ivan unless he was baptized and joined the church. King Ivan thought about it and decided that in order to marry this princess, he would be willing to be baptized. So he went with 500 of his greatest soldiers, and they traveled to the kingdom of the princess. The king and all his soldiers went into the water to be baptized. But there was a problem. The priests refused to baptize the soldiers unless they laid down their swords and agreed that they would not fight and kill anyone again. Well, the soldiers said no. They will never agree to that. Much debate took place, and it looked as if this marriage ceremony was going to turn into a battle. But finally, they reached a compromise. The soldiers and the king would be baptized, 
But when they went under the water, they would take their swords and hold them in their right hands, and those right hands would not go under the water. The priest would baptize all of them except for their arms and their swords. Ivan and his soldiers wanted to be baptized, but only on their terms. They wanted to fulfill a requirement to be accepted by God, but they only wanted to do it halfway. They wanted to maintain control of their lives, and their unbaptized arms represent man's attempt to appease God without pleasing God. The unbaptized arm is the picture of the church today. It's the picture of Christians all over the world today. We have unbaptized arms. We're surrendered to the Lord, but not all of us. That's why many Christians today pray, Lord, take all of me, but not my sex life. You can have all of me, Jesus, but don't touch my bank account. You can have all of me, Lord, but not my career. All of me belongs to Jesus. All of me except my unbaptized arm. Do you have an unbaptized arm? Do you have an unbaptized will, an unbaptized talent, an unbaptized checkbook, an unbaptized social media page? How many of you watching and listening today have unbaptized arms? Areas of your life you've never Surrender to God. For the unbaptized arm represents man's attempt to compromise with God. Man's way of trying to worship him and yet still hold on to control over his life. But the problem with that is this. God will not share his rulership with anyone. God is not interested in being part owner of your life. He is not your co-pilot. And if you want to abide with him, You have to yield all of yourself to him. You cannot dwell in the shelter of the Most High while part of you is running around with the devil. You cannot dwell in his holy presence while you're carrying on in sin. But if you will abide, amazing power is yours. Listen to these great promises in Psalm 91 for those who abide. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The question for all of us today is this. Do you want to live your life in constant need of a miracle? Or do you want to live your life in the constant presence of God. 
For there is a better way. Stop running from crisis to crisis and abide in the presence of the Almighty. For abiding is the precondition of power and it's the place for the performance of God's power. That's our second truth today. Abiding in Christ is the place for the performance of God's power. Jesus continues in our text with these words. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So the power of abiding is not just us abiding in him. It's also his word abiding in us. For his words are power. His words are life. In John 6.63 Jesus said, The very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. The word is the word of power. For his word created all the universe. He spoke the word and the world was formed. His words sustain all things. Hebrews 1.3 says, God's son has all the brightness of God's own glory and is like him in every way. By his own mighty word, he holds the universe together. God's word holds the universe together and God's word can hold things together for you. When you hear a word from God, it gives you the assurance that whatever you need to accomplish, that word is yours when you pray. You can pray a big, bold, amazing prayer when you have a big, bold, amazing word from God. For the fact is this, hearing God's word initiates faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you cannot pray effectively unless you're praying in faith. You can't pray in faith unless you've heard God's word. Some people think they have faith, but all they really have is fantasy. They have human enthusiasm. They jump up and shout, I believe, I believe. A lot of excitement, but no true faith. For faith only comes when God speaks his word, his truth to us. You cannot pray effectively unless you're praying in the will of God. And prayer is not bending God to do your will. It's uniting your life with his will. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is always done perfectly in heaven. And it must be our prayer that his will be done perfectly on earth. And this can't be your prayer unless it's also your purpose. You can't pray for it to be done on earth if you're not allowing his will to be done in you. Millions of people are praying for God's will to be done in the government. God's will to be done in society. God's kingdom to come. But they haven't even experienced his will and his kingdom right in their own lives. We need to get his word in us so that his will can be known in us, so that we can pray effective prayers. But when we do, when we get in line with his word, then there is a guarantee of answers. For 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. That's why Jesus taught us, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. In other words, if you'll get God's word in your spirit, you'll pray according to his will and you will have whatever you ask for. Even Jesus had to pray in submission to God's will and God's word. 
When he was in the garden before the crucifixion, he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. He submitted his will to the will of the Father. Even Jesus could not have an answer to prayer if he prayed outside the will and the word of the Father. So how much more must we submit to God's will and God's word in our prayer? That's why you have to understand God always answers our prayers, but sometimes the answer is no. And when God says no, we say like Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. Once during a time of war, a soldier was fighting in the jungle when he became separated from his unit. The fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the confusion and the crossfire, he'd lost touch with his comrades. Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for the moment, he realized that at any moment, the enemy soldiers looking for him could sweep up the ridge and would search the caves and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord Jesus, please protect me. Please roll a mighty stone to cover the entrance of this cave. Whatever your will, though, Lord, I love you and I trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy, beginning to draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord's not going to answer me. There's no stone coming to cover the entrance. And then he looked up and saw a spider, a little spider, beginning to build a web over the front of the cave where he was hiding. As he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him, all the while the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha, he thought, what I need is a mighty stone to cover the entrance to this cave, and what the Lord sent me is a spider web instead, Lord. But as the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout. He could see the soldiers searching, and one came to his cave. They got ready to enter, and he got ready to die. But to his amazement, the giant spider web diverted the soldiers. After glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on because they thought if a spider web has covered the entrance, there must not be anyone inside. It looked as if no one had entered. And suddenly the man realized that he didn't need a mighty stone. God could use a tiny spider to cover him. Lord, forgive me, he prayed. I had forgotten that in you, a spider's web is stronger than a giant stone. That's why Jesus teaches us in Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If we wanted to tell testimonies of the powerful results that come when we abide in Christ, we would not leave here today. There are not enough books in the whole world to tell of all that God has done for his people when they abide in Christ. The Bible is full of answers to prayer, and your life can be full too. In fact, I believe God has answers to thousands of prayers in your life, even though you may not know it. But if you would have written them down, you would see the number of prayers he's answered would be amazing. One man who did keep a record was a man named George Mueller. One day, George Mueller looked down the street of Bristol, England. 
and saw hundreds of homeless children. He was so moved with concern for them that he decided something had to be done. He only had a few small coins in his pocket, but he decided to start an orphanage. In 60 years, beginning with a few small coins, George Mueller took care of 10,000 orphans. He looked out and saw homeless kids. He could have said, well, I don't have enough money. There's no way to care for them, to meet their needs, to buy the food. But instead, he looked at them and said, I will reach out and help them. And God blessed his efforts in a mighty way. He told amazing stories of answered prayers because he wrote them down. He kept a record of his prayers, and his prayer records filled more than three thousand pages. His notes show that in his life more than 30,000 prayers were directly answered. One night there was no food in the orphanage to give to the children for breakfast. But at 3 a.m. a baker called him up and said, I can't sleep. I'm going down to the bakery to bake some bread. Would it be all right for me to bring some over to you this morning? One time a milk truck just happened to break down right in front of the orphanage home on a day when they had no milk. The truck driver came in and said, this milk will spoil if I don't offload it. Will you take the milk? And the need of the children was met. Time and time again, 30,000 times in 60 years, God answered George Mueller's prayers. And God wants to do the same for you. How do I know? Because Jesus said in John 14, 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. See, God wants to do great things in and through you. He wants to not just answer your prayer, but also bring glory to God. Abiding in Christ brings us to the place where God's power performs on our behalf and his power is revealed and displayed in us. And that brings us to our third truth today. Abiding in Christ is where the purposes of power are achieved. Listen to how Jesus concludes his powerful words in our text. By this... My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See, the purpose of prayer is not just to meet our needs. The purpose of prayer is to bring God glory and to bring fruit for his kingdom. That's what Jesus means when he says, My Father is glorified as you bear much fruit. Abiding leads us to the presence of God and the glory of God. Abiding brings us past our own petitions and leads us to dwell in the presence of the Almighty. He's glorified. You bear fruit. Your life will be set apart and your life will make an impact in this world. Your needs will be met, but even more than that, God's powerful purposes will be achieved. That's what Moses discovered. Listen to the words of his prayer to God in Exodus 33, 16. Your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Prayer brings God's presence, and his presence sets us apart. We are unique. We are destined. We are called. We are sanctified. We are separated. And that's why we need him now more than ever. This is the time when God's people need to pray and abide with him like never before. Our world is in a crisis, and only God can save us from the plagues and the wars and the evil upon this world. Only abiding in his presence can deliver you and I from these end times. But if you want your prayers to change your world, then your prayers must first change you. Prayer isn't just about changing God, it's about changing us. 
And when we pray in such a way that we are changed, it unleashes uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to change uh, our situation. When his word is in us, it changes us and makes us desire his will. That's the lesson we can learn from the great preacher, Reverend D.L. Moody from Chicago, Illinois, USA. Once, Reverend Moody was in his church preaching, and after the service, a young lady came forward. She said, sir, I have a question to ask. I would like to give my life to Christ, but I want to know if once I give my life to Christ, can I still go to parties? Can I still dance? Can I still do the things with my friends that I enjoy doing? Reverend D.L. Moody looked at her and said, my dear, if you truly give your life to Christ and surrender all to him, you can do whatever you want. The young lady said, okay, I want to give my life to Christ. He said, kneel down. D.L. Moody started praying. He prayed for the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon the young lady. He prayed that God would give her a revelation of the cross. He prayed that God would come and sanctify her. He prayed for an outpouring and baptism of the Holy Ghost. He prayed until the woman started weeping. He prayed until she saw her sin. He prayed until she saw the cross. He prayed until her heart cried out, Jesus, save me and deliver me. He prayed not a 30-second prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my life. He prayed until heaven moved and her life was transformed. She got up, changed, born again, saved. She left the church. One week later, she came back. When she walked into the service, her face was glowing with the presence of God. The power of God was all around her. She had been transformed. She walked up to Reverend D.L. Moody and she said, Sir, remember me? I came last week and I asked you, if I give my life to Christ, can I still go to parties? Can I still meet with my friends? And you said if I would give my life to Christ, I could do anything I want. But sir, the funny thing is, when I gave my life to Christ, everything I wanted changed. When I yielded to him, everything I desired changed. When I surrendered to him, all the desire for the lusts and the pleasures and the things of this world disappeared and suddenly all I want is Jesus. You were right. I can do whatever I want, but all I want is to abide in Christ. The proof of godly prayer is that it bears fruit. Your life is changed. Souls are saved. We become like Jesus. For abiding in Christ is the precondition for power. Abiding in Christ is the place where God's power is released. Abiding in Christ is the place where God's power achieves God's purposes in you and in the world. Prayers are answered. Lives are changed. We are transformed. God is glorified. All this and more takes place when you abide in Christ. For abiding is the way to answered prayer today. When Christ and I are one, the will of God is done. Father, move in us today. Birth in us a new hunger for you not for religion and ritual, not for power alone, not for our needs to be met alone, but God, move in us that we hunger for you 
Bring us beyond short, short prayers once a week in the church. Take us into the place where we abide in you, where your power is released, your presence is released, where we are transformed and our world is changed when we abide in you. We thank you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.